We're now in week four as we look at Galatians 3 together. We've been told these last few weeks that this is a letter Paul wrote to the Gentile churches in Galatia. And he wrote this letter from a place of deep passion and frustration. Historically, the covenant people of God were focused on one ethnic group, the Israelites. And they were set apart by the practices commanded through Moses, like circumcision and the food that they ate and the observing the Sabbath and other laws. And some of the Jews received Christ as their Messiah and put their faith in him along with other Gentiles. The problem was that many of the Jews who put their faith in Jesus still believed that to be part of God's family, they needed to obey the laws of Moses. And Paul in this letter is challenging the Gentile churches that it was not the law that brought them into God's family, but their faith in Jesus. And those who put their faith in Jesus are part of the new family, but this time a multi-ethnic family. Christ has made a way for all of humanity to be the people of God, not just the Israelites. And the part of the letter that I'm covering with you is all about redemption through faith in Christ Jesus. And over the next few weeks, the letter is about how this gospel has brought us freedom to live a spirit-filled life, transformed. I'd like to start with the ending of chapter 2 and the first verses of chapter 3. Remember, the letter would not have the divides that we have in our Bibles. It would have all been one letter. So starting from verse 21 of chapter, 20, of chapter 2. I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness could be gained through the law, Christ died for nothing. You foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Before your very eyes, Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified. I would like to learn just one thing from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by believing what you heard? Paul is really passionate now. He is speaking directly to the people. He's like, you fools, what's going on with you? If you could have a right relationship with God by following rules, then what would be the point of Jesus dying? Paul calling the Galatians foolish here hasn't anything to do with the lack of intelligence, but has to do with their disobedience. They had believed what they heard about Christ and received the Spirit, so their disobedience doesn't make any sense. Which is probably why Paul, later in his letter, starts talking about what life in a spirit actually looks like. The way they're thinking and behaving, their disobedience, is as if they don't see Jesus crucified anymore. Notice how Paul is asking them questions after questions, as if to ask, can you not see what you are behaving like? Instead of living in that grace, you're living according to the law, a set of rules. What's wrong with you? Why would you choose rules over grace? Paul is really challenging their behaviour as followers of Christ Jesus and trying to convince them that disobedience is foolishness. Verse 4 to 5 goes on to say, have you experienced so much in vain, if it really was in vain? So again, I ask, does God give you his spirit and work miracles among you by the works of the law or by believing or by your believing what you heard? 
Paul is like, all you have received from God, all you have experienced this far is because of your faith in him. It has nothing to do with the works of the law. Paul is essentially saying that you have the Holy Spirit because of your faith in Jesus and it is by the Spirit working in you that will maintain you in righteousness, not the works of the law. Then in verse 6, Paul talks about Abraham's faith and how his faith has made Abraham right before God. Verse 6. So also Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. Understand then that those who have faith are children of Abraham. Scripture foresaw that God would justify the Gentiles by faith and announce the gospel in advance to Abraham. All nations will be blessed through you. So those who will rely on faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. Paul takes everyone back to the Old Testament, which are important scriptures to the Jews. He takes them to the bit that describes the promise given to Abraham and that being righteous was nothing to do with law. Abraham was made righteous 430 years before there was ever a law. Abraham believed the promise that from him there would be a seed, Jesus, and that through that seed he would bless the nations. Now that's some faith. Abraham had faith in Jesus and that is without being convinced by all the miracles and teachings of Jesus that we have today. Being made right before God has to do with faith in Jesus and not by any other means. The Old Testament is foretelling how God's plan was to always include anyone and everyone who has faith in Jesus into the family of God. Paul tells the Galatians in 3.10 that we are under a curse if we rely on the works of the law. Now, it's not saying that we are cursed if we live by the law. It's just saying that the law does not give life or set people free from the curse of death. Now, let's look at verses 10 to 14. For all who rely on the works of the law are under a curse, as if it as it is written, cursed is everyone who does not continue to do everything written in the book of the law. Clearly, no one who relies on the law is justified before God because the righteous will live by faith. The law is not based on faith. On the contrary, it says, the person who does these things will live by them. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written... Cursed is everyone who is hung on a pole. He redeemed us in order that the blessings given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Christ Jesus, so that by faith we might receive the promise of the Spirit. Paul has just quoted from the Old Testament scriptures again in Deuteronomy 27:26 to put weight on the point that he's making. The scripture he's quoting is where God speaks to the Israelites and tells them that everyone who does not do everything written in the book of law will be cursed. In other words, everyone who tries to follow the law is always under the threat of being cursed by God. Because if they fail in any part of the law, they will be cursed. And the law has nothing to do with faith in Jesus. 
life under law, therefore, is life under God's curse. Paul is like, are you sure that's what you want to hold on to? Yet, we know that Jesus, in his faithfulness, kept the law. Jesus says in Matthew 5, 17, Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfil them. Scriptures also says that Christ was without sin. In 2 Corinthians 5, 21, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. It was Christ's faithfulness that saved us. He was to, he went to the cross, having fulfilled the law and without sin, took the curse that we were under, the curse of death. And when we put our faith in him, the curse of death is no longer over us. We receive our inheritance as children of God, which is life in the power of the Holy Spirit, to play our part, to do good and to have a life and purpose in God. So what was the law all about? Why did Moses go to all that trouble of fasting and climbing mountains, getting the laws from God, if they can't actually save us from death? Well, Paul goes on to explain in verses 19 to 25. Why then was the law given at all? It was added because of transgressions until the seed to whom the promise referred had come. The law was given through angels and entrusted to a mediator. A mediator, however, implies more than one party, but God is one. Is the law therefore opposed to the promises of God? Absolutely not. For if a law had been given that could impart life, then righteousness would certainly have come by the law. But scripture has locked up everything under the control of sin, so that what was promised being given through faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe. Before the coming of this faith, we were held in custody under the law, locked up until the faith that was to come would be revealed. So the law was our guardian until Christ came, that we might be justified by faith. Now that this faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian. Now we understand that the seed is Jesus. The law was a guardian, which also can mean a babysitter to help us keep on track until Jesus came. Now that Jesus has come, we don't need a mediator. We can go directly to God, like parents coming home from a night out. The babysitter is no longer needed. The sacrifices in the law was to provide a temporary solution for the forgiveness of sins and to help people to know what sins were and that they would, that they would see that their need, they had a need for a saviour. Jesus' sacrifice was enough to save us from our sins for all time by taking the curse of death from us. The law was a guardian a babysitter, and once the promise of Jesus was fulfilled, the guardian is no longer needed. Matthew 27, 50 says that at the moment Jesus gave up the spirit, his spirit on the cross, the curtain in the temple was, that separated the presence of God from the people was torn from top to bottom. The mediator, the babysitter is no longer needed, and we now have direct access to the Father. 
the Jewish people lived under the law for so long that they found their identity in living under that law. The law is what made them distinct to all the other nations as the chosen people of God. It's like they became attached to their babysitter. So I guess it was like a challenge for them to let go of it. But God's chosen people don't need an intermediary. They're no longer children needing a babysitter. They are no longer locked up. They have a new identity as adults free of sin and death. Their identity has nothing to do with having following the babysitter around anymore. So I guess it was a challenge for them to let go of it. But God's chosen people don't need an intermediary. They are no longer children needing a babysitter. They're no longer locked up. They have a new identity as adults free of sin and death. Their identity has nothing to do with following the babysitter around anymore. Their identity is to keep in step with the Spirit through believing in Christ Jesus. So now let's go to verse 26. So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who were baptised into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Paul is not saying that there are no distinctions between different ethnicities or genders. He's saying that there is no superiority or inferiority or division. We are all equal in the family of God. Circumcision was the identity marker for the Jews, but now baptism into Christ Jesus is the new identity marker and all who are baptised in Christ has a place in the family of God as equals. Children is a legal term in the original text, which means that they have all the rights to the privileges, obligations and inheritance of the family. Slaves do not have these rights, only the children would have those legal rights. I don't think today any of us are facing the same problems the Galatians were facing of grappling with not being circumcised or eating kosher. But I wonder how many of us do fall into the trap of feeling like we have to prove ourselves through works. Maybe we make ourselves overly busy with doing and neglecting to spend time with God. Maybe we worry about things rather than putting faith and trust in God. When everything starts being about works, we can start to believe we are not good enough or we can start to compare ourselves with other people. We may no longer find the joy we get from living in grace. Maybe it's not works we struggle with. Maybe we are foolish in our disobedience as if we have forgotten about the grace of God in our lives and don't live the way that we should or play our part in the family of God. Rather than keeping in step with the Spirit, we try to do life our own way. You are a child of God because you have received that grace by faith, not works. Let's not be foolish and forget the sacrifice that Jesus made for us to have his spirit and to be part of his family. Let's just take a moment now to just think about a couple of things. Think about what it means to put 
your faith in God. Is there any way you are being foolish in the way you are not living in the light of the gospel? And what does it mean or could it mean to you to be in God's family? Well, that's the end of Galatians 3 for us today. So enjoy your week and God bless you.